Hey guys, welcome to another edition of Radio 815. This is episode number 17. I'm your host, per usual. My name is Marcelo Inestroza, and as always, I'm joined by my fellow co-host, Matt Crandall. And on today's edition of the show, we'll be looking at Alias, season 3, episodes 11 through 21. So essentially, that's the back half of uh, Alias season 3. So with that being said and done and all out of the way, Matt, what do you think about the second half of the third season of Alias? Well, anybody who listened last week knows I wasn't too hot on the first half of season three, but I actually like this back half a lot more in terms of the pacing and what they were tackling, partly because right out of the gate here with the, you know, winter premiere, um, we put Sydney's two years memory loss to bed with episode 11, full disclosure, uh, they lay out everything and they say, okay, we're done teasing this mystery of what Sydney did or didn't do. And they lay it all out. They fill in all the gaps from there. We just move forward. And for the rest of the season, it's a lot of Rambaldi. It's a lot of espionage. It's a lot of covenant, double cross, secret agents, double agents, the stuff that alias does well, but also some of the stuff that Alias does that feels ridiculously fake also weaves its way in. And I think it's kind of a J.J. Abrams staple, even though J.J. didn't have much to do with this, where sometimes this is kind of relating back to his Star Wars stuff. Sometimes too many people are related or like everyone's family is all comprised of spies that you start to like roll your eyes a little bit and it makes the... Jack Sydney arena connections seem a little bit less special as everyone's father or mother or brother or whatever is like connected to the CIA or the covenant. Um, but that first episode where Terry O'Quinn got off the Island and got back onto a plane, um, as Kendall, uh, shows up and lays out for Sydney, everything that happened. I thought that episode was awesome where they basically opened that mystery box, laid it all out for us in a way that answered all of the questions about those two years. Um, and even brought back Tarantino in a voice cameo as one of the members of the covenant who was at the, the test for Sydney to see if the brainwashing it took. But I just love that Terry O'Quinn, and this was after lost had started Terry O'Quinn returned to alias and um, him and Sydney had that powwow on the plane where he lays it all out in Sydney's own words to let us move past that two years of what did she do and I, why? Um, was <sighs> okay. So let me just preface <laughs> this by saying, you know what happens when a good TV show gets you to like a character, they get you to like a character, they endear you to that character, and then they pull and then they. Just take the rug out from underneath you. <laughs> yeah. So that happened to me. And I am, I was, I'm really, really pissed off. Um, <laughs> because they took my favorite thing about the first half of this season and put her on her head and made her a British bad woman. <laughs> uh, I, I, I will not admit, I called bullshit. When she was revealed as the shooter who killed uh, Sark's father, 
Yeah, but, Sark's father, who's also embroiled in this, again, to my point of, like, everybody's family member is involved in this. Yeah, but here's the thing. I was, like, I was, I was really disappointed with that. And the reason why I was disappointed with that is because if they wanted to do that, I could have done it better. Like, for a, sec- for a second, just let me take a playbook out of your uh, a playbook, Randall. If I... Yep. Armchair directed, Marcelo, yeah, go yeah, for if, it. If I if if I was going to armchair direct this, I would have had her work for the Covenant, but I would have had her work for the Covenant under duress, right? Mm-hmm. I would have had her be forced to do what she did. You could still, you know, finish her story the same way. What I what I wanted out of this character per se is that I wanted her to be a a good person. That had to do an awful thing because the Covenant was, quote unquote, putting the squeeze uh, on her, you know, uh, per se. Um, In the end, I probably would have had her, you know, end up the way that she did. But I I, I really didn't appreciate that. And the the funny thing is that after she was revealed uh, to be an agent of the Covenant and working with Sark, her behavior didn't it didn't click with me her behavior became so illogical yep. and so dumb it became super villain-esque it it i mean <laughs> it was good i mean look i i love my british you know you know bad girls i do yeah but I, this almost became like too much for me i couldn't i couldn't take it i didn't i didn't like her storyline that really ticked me off and i didn't like the relationship between Vaughn and Sydney that that may not be a surprise to any any of you who have listened to the podcast so far because you know that the re, uh, that alias to for me the Vaughn and Sydney relationship really hasn't worked from the beginning and i think that this season really cemented it to me that i really don't like the relationship mm-hmm. and i know moving forward that i'm going to have to latch myself to whatever mystery is coming down the pike <laughs> uh I, I know I don't want to I don't I don't want to sound like I'm going to jump off the ship because I'm not, you know I'm on the ride of Alias until it's over. But right to me this season was a big missed opportunity for me. With that being said, I did like all the espionage, all the, all the all the double cross, all the Rimbaldi chasing that mm-hmm. this second half um, gave us. Um, but all in all, I was just. I was, I was, I was, the, the wind was knocked out of me with that reveal and uh, <laughs> I didn't like it at all. And I think it really, it, it, you know, you liked Lauren in the first half and I didn't, right? So when she's revealed to be evil, it's like, I knew it. I hate her. And I know why I hate her because she's evil. Um, which is why, you know, when I said, I wish that they had endeared her to us and made her like super likable, really nice to Sydney, really nice to Vaughn, knowing that her betrayal later would have hit like a ton of bricks if they had actually, if I actually cared about her. But like, I hate watch every scene she was in. So now that she was finally evil, it was like, all right, this is what I want to see. Cause I'm just waiting for her to eventually get her comeuppance. And I do like Sydney and Vaughn together. So when they finally, you know, Vaughn finally realizes that Lauren is evil and him, Jack and Sydney have a meeting on the rooftop and he says, you guys were right. I was an idiot. <laughs> like, I don't know how I was duped. And they say, okay, great. But now you have to pretend that you don't know 
and you have to still be like a loving husband and uh, work this out so that we can get to the bottom of the covenant stuff. And he's like, well, why? Why do I have to? And Jack just says, because you're the one who married her. And that's like everybody in the audience who has been a shipper of Vaughn and Sydney just stood up and cheered like, way to go, Jack. Like this idiot did marry her. And now he's got to lay in this bed. Um, but I do like the espionage stuff where, you know, Vaughn is tailing his wife. And then he's got to go to her parents' house and do all this double crossing. But. Like I said, some of the ridiculous stuff that comes out of that is Lauren acts like an idiot. You know, she's using Marshall's fingerprint to access parts of the building and doesn't think that anybody's going to check the records or the cameras. Um, the fact that they kill her father, played by one of the best bastards in the business, Raymond J. Barry, uh, who was Arlo Givens on Justified, one of my favorite shows of all time. Um, he gets murdered for part of this, you know, ridiculous cover-up plot that the Covenant has come up with, even though we know the cover-up's not going to work because Jack doesn't think it, Lauren is a spy for the other side because of anything in the paper. It's because of what she said that mimicked Sark's phone call. So, like, even when they do this elaborate cover-up scheme, Jack still doesn't buy it because that's not what tipped him off in the first place. But the fact that Lauren's mom is, like, a high-ranking Covenant person seemed like a bridge too far it just seemed like really like another parent and then sydney's aunt comes out of the woodwork and starts up a thing with jack i like isabella rossellini but again it's like okay arena has a sister who's also caught up in all of this and then for us to find out that sydney has a half sister who is actually the daughter of arvin sloan and arena and she is Argentine intelligence is like, oh my gosh, guys, like we're really stretching credibility here, but the Rambaldi stuff and the ridiculousness of some of the spy action sort of overrode that for me. Um, and I do like that this season had some good guest stars, you know, Griffin Dunn from one of my favorite movies, American Werewolf in London, Ricky Gervais showed up for a bit. They brought back Jaiman Hansu, um, and he got murdered. The guy who played the mummy in the Brendan Fraser mummy, Arnold Vosloo, showed up in one of the episodes as a bad guy. And of course, Tarantino makes his return. And I like the scene with Tarantino and Sark and Lauren, um, where Sark gets double-crossed by Lauren. Vivek A. Fox and David Carradine are both in this, and they're both from Kill Bill that came out the same year of, as this season of episodes. So uh, interesting there, but sometimes just the twists and turns of everyone is related and everyone's family has this history. And Vaughn's dad was a Rambaldi part of the order of Rambaldi it is like stretching it to like almost the breaking point for me. When Jack calls out Vaughn for marrying Lauren and not for, and for falling into that trap. When he said that I wanted to punch my, I wanted to punch my TV in, in the face because <laughs> I was like, how dare you accuse him of doing that? You did the same thing. But he had already given him a talk earlier where he said, like, I was an idiot back then, so don't be an idiot now. But it still took Vaughn an extra two episodes to get there. So, like, yeah, Jack is a hypocrite for saying it. But also, he did warn Vaughn, like, if, you know, kisses are diversions, take everything, you know, at face value, look beneath the surface. But I actually have a question for you in all this. Uh, when I was 
a crushing on Lauren's character last week. Did you know that this was coming? Did you hide this from me? Yes. Of course you did. See, I knew you did that. I was going to say, I, there's some stuff of Alias I don't remember, but that was not one of the things I was foggy on at all. So, so, <laughs> certainly, I, I definitely remembered and uh, spared your feelings by not hinting at, at that reveal. Thank you. Thank you. I really appreciate that because if you did, it wouldn't have been this effective. Um, you did mention that uh, in this second in this uh, second half of season three, we got some great guest stars. I get my favorite episode of this second half w- would have been the Ricky Gervais episode. Mm-hmm. And the reason why I like that episode so much is that episode really has Mission Impossible vibes to it. You Big know, time. Everything that, everything that um, the CIA does to capture Ricky Gervais and then they put him in a whole room and then they do this yep. whole charade, I thought I thought was really, really great and wonderful. And the other thing that I did like about Shit, I can't say that because we're going to talk about that next week. Ah, damn it. But um, I did like where things are headed. I'll just say that. And um, I, you know, like you, I don't like the fact that everything, everybody here seems to be interconnected. And everybody Mm -hmm. here seems to have a predilection for working for the government. I don't like that at all. I think that's cheap. Um. And I don't like Sydney's half sister. I I, I I don't like that whole thing at all. Um, my favorite scene of, the, of this second half was when Sloan was given the lethal injection because I thought he was dead. <laughs> yeah. So. Didn't last long. Didn't take. <laughs> Which was a nice... I, I thought that that was nice because they didn't tip their hand too much where, um, you know, Victor Garber brings him the wine and Jack, you know, revives him. That was... That was a nice bait and switch because for a minute there, you do think he's going to let him die. The other thing, um, the other thing that this brings up, at least for me, the, the, the great, uh, uh, the great through line of the second half is betrayal and what it does to other people. So I did, I did like seeing, look, I'm going to say I liked it, but I didn't like it. I, I enjoyed some of the, some of the 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 anger that Vaughn displayed in some of his actions when he found out that his wife was indeed a psychopath and was indeed working with the government and and I I, I kind of liked that whole thing mm-hmm. because I know what it feels like to be betrayed by someone who I had feelings for and I I'm not going to say that I didn't want to kill them at some point right I I kind of went through some I kind of went through similar emotions you know as Vaughn went through in this episode. Uh, in the second half, um, yeah. So I I enjoyed that, but ultimately, the, the again, I'm not going to harp on this too much because I've already said it. But that one decision of that one character being my favorite, and then that switch, that the turn, yeah, really soured the rest of the season for me in in ways that I can't begin to tell you because right. I had I had such high hopes for that. And the fact that that went from being okay to being driven to being driven into the ground by one decision, I was like, "What? You guys seriously? You guys couldn't have thought of anyone? Why did it have to be her? It could have mm. been. It couldn't. Have, it could have been any other random bad guy, number two in the corner, right? 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 I could have. I, I could have done so much better with her character this season. I could have killed her, but I could have done so much better." <laughs> 
It see, it feels to me like that was a bit of for the fans because I, when this season started, the reaction to Lauren online was so universal hatred that I feel like, you know, when they were probably starting to write the later half of the season, they would have taken notice that everybody was not a fan of of the way that they took the story with Sid and Vaughn and Lauren. And they thought, okay, let's give them what they want. Uh, but it it's one of those frustrating things where, yeah, like I get your frustration, but also I feel like they had to do it if Sydney and Vaughn were ever to be reunited in any sort of fashion, they needed to get Lauren out of a way, out of the way in a definitive way that we wouldn't feel bad about it. Yeah. But yeah, but look, um, wouldn't you have rather, look, I I know that you hate Lauren, but just go with me for a second here. I know that you hate her. Yeah. Um, but wouldn't you have felt better if she would have remained a good person and then somebody from the covenant would have killed her for God's sakes. Right. Like, wouldn't have that. Wouldn't that have given Michael Vartan? Aren't you impressed? People, I remember his name. Yeah. Wouldn't that? Wouldn't that? Wouldn't that have given him some serious, like, good material to work with this season? Right. That 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 would have given some given him some drive to to go after the covenant and go after the person who killed his wife for God's sakes. And then yeah. and then if you wanted to get them together at the end of the season or. Or at the beginning of the next season, I wouldn't have been so pissed. But the thing that I was so pissed about was the switch just came out of nowhere for me. Yeah. And I, you know, uh, you know, I wasn't I wasn't around when Alias was on TV. But I would I I I wonder if they knew that they were going to do this with Lauren, or they had plans for Lauren, and then they switched because of the fan reaction. What do you think? I don't know, to be honest with you. Part of me thinks that in bringing in a new love interest for Vaughn, it was to cause a rift with him and Sydney. But I felt like that could have only ever been temporary. And the nature of this show, double agents and double crosses, I feel like they had to have known from the jump. But but I'm not sure. And, (laughs) you know, the things I didn't like, I do think you were right. If they had made Lauren... More more likable and kept her good and she got murdered, then Vartan would have had more to play with dramatically and it could have caused some tension between him and Sydney before their eventual reconciliation later. Um, so I definitely think you are right. If she wasn't, you know, a mustache twirling villain by the end of this, um, it probably would have been more interesting. But I do think, you know, part of the problem with this show, like I love that they have these double crosses and they brought the Rambaldi stuff back. And that is all interesting to me, but they still fall into familiar traps. Like I said, too many people being related. So many episodes in this back half that I lost count start with a scene. And then we track back to 72 or 48 hours earlier that it starts to feel like a cheat or almost like a a bad crutch. And that is like a JJ Abrams staple. But the fact that, they have done it so many times that, like I said, by the end of this 21 episodes, I lost track because it seemed like every episode was starting with an insane action sequence and then jumping back to 48 hours earlier that every time it happened, I was like, "Ugh, just trust us 
to be with the show and start with the boring scenes and ramp up to the action. We don't always have to be thrown into the middle of a car chase and then find out 40 minutes later why we were in a car chase. No, but the other thing, the other thing that it did, at least for me, is that it was kind of exhausting. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it's, and it's one of those things where like JJ was the guy who really brought back that device in a big way. But I feel like by the end of this season, they've run it into the ground. But, you know, you have to understand that when JJ does that, he does it right. Right. Well, and that's the thing is that I think that the the writer's room is like, oh, this is something JJ would do. But they've done it so much that it loses its impact. But, you know, this is before still before Mission Impossible 3, where JJ does it with the the best way. Yeah. Right. Like yeah. the opening of MI3 is dynamic no. and incredible. Um, yeah. So it's still not a device that I like hate, but by the end of this run, I'm just like alias needs to back off from it a little bit. Yeah. And I do like um, to, to go back to another point that you uh, mentioned, I think it was at the, um, I think it was at the start of the season that when uh, I, I think it was a couple episodes, a couple episodes ago when JJ left, um, the writers who were who were give, who were left in charge um, sort of went kind of nuts, and <laughs> I I I really felt that um, in this second half they they went nuts, and I yeah. didn't I I I I, I uh, they kind of just I don't I don't know they I was I was very disappointed. I'm not going to say that I went so far as to say this this back half was awful and it didn't work. Because I did like, uh, spoiler, I watched the season finale, but we're going to talk about that next week. I did like, ultimately, where this season ended. Mm -hmm. And I thought that that was very, very interesting. I didn't see that coming. Um, but ultimately, I thought that this was this season was, a, uh, this second half uh, was a runaway train without any seatbelts. And it wasn't a ride that I was enjoying. <laughs> and I'm going to say... Uh... Yeah, I don't disagree at all. Like, it definitely felt like there were times where they got dangerously close to going completely off the rails. And then they would do something that was awesome and super spy-esque that I'd be, like, back in. And then, you know, the passenger's a bioweapon. And I'm like, oh, this is cool. Oh, no, the passenger's a person. Okay. The passenger is Sydney's sister. What? <laughs> and, then, and then, like, certain things start to reel it back. But certain things start to get crazy again. Um, so I found it more dynamic than the first half, but I still think overall, you know, I haven't watched the finale yet again. Um, but I think season three of alias in my like general recollection is one of the worst seasons yeah. <laughs> overall for like cohesiveness. Um, so they haven't run it off the tracks yet, but they certainly need to rail it back in. And I definitely want to give a, a small shout out to some of the worst product placement or at least the least subtle product placement ever which is um episode 14 and when this aired i watched it with my sister and we still make jokes about this to this day there's a scene where sydney and vaughn are running and sydney goes quick f-150 and they jump in an f-150 <laughs> and then we get like a shot of the logo of ford f-150 and they rev up the truck and then they're driving and uh, it was just the most ridiculous moment because literally they're in like a big parking lot. And instead of saying like, quick, 
blue blue truck or like here that car it's like quick the ford f-150 with great gas mileage get in um and it was just like the least subtle uh product placement in a show almost ever uh they do it a lot now especially like ford is one of the the ones that seems to sponsor like a lot of shows um so if you watch TV now, there'll be like a scene of somebody riding in their Ford Focus and using their Bluetooth. But uh, this was before that was like commonplace and it just stuck out like a sore thumb. Quick F-150. And I was like, what the hell? Uh, but uh, that aside, yeah, I'd say this back half, you know, I graded the first half like a C or a C minus. I would give this a B minus. You know, it's interesting that you mentioned that uh, horrible scene of product placement. Uh, just a little uh, look into where we're going in the future. Fringe does that a lot, so I can't <laughs> right. wait to see you complain about that. Um, if it's if it's subtle and organic, I'm fine. But if it's you know, there's a million ways to say something for you to shout out the exact make and model of a, a car when you are literally standing beside it and could just say "get in." You know, it's just obvious. And no, Fringe uh, does it a little bit more subtly. They, they don't do it as bad as Alias just did it in this uh, second half. But, um, you know, uh, following off of your point again, this uh, second half was really disappointing for me. And my grade, if, if, if uh, I had to give it a letter grade, I would give it uh, a D. A D, like I like like I said, I didn't hate it, but I just thought it was a, a giant missed opportunity, particular in one section that really made me angry and I couldn't get over it the the whole right. rest of the way. There, there was things that I enjoyed, but that but that one decision really hampered the rest of my enjoyment for the second half. And uh yeah, I would give it a D. So with all that being said and out of the way, people, I think uh that'll wrap it up for this edition of uh radio 815 episode number 17 uh matt if the good folks want to uh chat with you on social media what's the best place for them to reach you at yeah hit me up on twitter at matt crandall all right guys so listen um if you like the type of show that we do here and if you have questions for us concerns or you want to jump online and call us idiots uh you can actually um Send us send us some questions to the show by using the hashtag on Twitter, uh, just simply at Radio 815. And uh, with that being said, if you want to chat with me about anything at all, I'm also on Twitter and you can find me at CreekFanatic88. But as I said before, that wraps us, that wraps us up for this week. So for my co-host, Matt Crandall, I've been Marcelo Nostroza saying, as I often say, We'll talk back soon.